He made the same mistake three times in a row. Once is okay, the second time not so good, but three times in a row means he's not fixing it. So I spoke up. Carter, I've seen you make the same mistake three times in a row. What are you doing wrong? What do you need to do to fix it? When something in our lives isn't working, but we keep doing the same things the same way, we're going to get the same result. So first, the step is recognition. This isn't working. Once we have recognition, then we can ask. I felt like he wasn't getting the recognition. Felt like I needed to point it out to him. So then we can say, what do I need to do to change and get a different result? Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. Do you ever find yourself at a loss of what to do in some given situation with your kids? They're not listening. They're pushing back one too many times or they're melting down for the third time before you've even gotten out the door in the morning. So you reach for a strategy you know either is only a short-term solution and probably not so good for the long-term or is a reactive response out of desperation to create some kind of relief from feeling out of control or from the chaos. That's what we're talking about today. I've gotten several emails in the past several weeks with this same theme. One mom shared that she listens to my podcast and in theory she gets it, but she's just struggling to implement. I end up going to rewards, which I know aren't good motivators long-term, or just pulling out a consequence to try to get my children to stop whatever it is they're doing that I don't want them doing. Another mom wrote in with a whole list of struggles from power struggles at bedtimes, nap times, and meal times. Well, a dad wrote in about power struggles over pretty much every little thing and meltdowns when his daughter doesn't get her way. All these parents felt lost about where to start. Two were concerned about how to implement without damaging the relationship in particular. So today I'm talking about how to parent more from intention rather than reaction or what I might call the seat of our pants parenting. So how do we make this shift? So here's an example that plays right into this lesson. I was watching my son play tennis with a new hitting partner the other day. It was his turn to serve. In tennis, if you aren't familiar, the rules to serving are you get two serves. So most players have a first serve, one that until they're really good is usually a bit of a risk. Hard, fast, spin, whatever the risk is for them at their level. And a second serve, a medium pace or a slow pace, depending on their level, that is slow enough and soft enough that pretty much guarantee getting it into the serve box. He does his first serve, hard, fast, but into the net. So he gives his second serve, soft, slow, but easily into the serve box. There's a vast difference between his first serve and his second serve. They rally until someone misses. It's his turn to serve again. He repeats this pattern. 
Now, I try to stay out of it most of the time. It's his process. He should notice his own patterns and fix it if it's not working. But then he does it a third time. Same things the same way, we're going to get the same result. So first, the step is recognition. This isn't working. Once we have recognition, then we can ask. I felt like he wasn't getting the recognition. Felt like I needed to point it out to him. So then we can say, what do I need to do to change and get a different result? So this is where my parents who are sending in questions, this is where they are. They're ready to find an answer they can implement to create a different result. When my oldest was just two years old, I was using timeouts. And one day after a particularly difficult power struggle trying to keep him in timeout, I had that recognition. This is not working. I have to find a better answer. Now, when I teach positive discipline, whether it's live or in the on-demand classes on the website, I strongly recommend parents start with one or two techniques at a time. Learning to change our behavior is not easy. It isn't as simple as a skill of like learning how to use a screwdriver. We're changing our learned behaviors that we've used for a long time. It takes a lot of focus and intention, at least at first, until it becomes a new habit, and then they do come easier. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Changing our patterns of interacting is a bit like eating an elephant. It's no small task, so we want to take one bite at a time. One new strategy at a time. Once we have that down, that's a habit. Once we're confident with that one, then we can add another one. Before we know it, we're parenting very differently. We cannot take it all on at once. It's too much. I also have a recommended order for the positive discipline strategy. So I'm going to go through the first two to three strategies today. So you have a couple to start working on to get down really solid and feel like you've got something in your toolbox to go to. But also because two of the questions I got were related to parents really struggling to set boundaries, not knowing when or how or if it was okay, if they were causing damage, and I totally understand why. They were concerned that without the tools to do it properly, without yelling, threatening, or using harsh consequences that could do more harm than good, they'd rather not try to implement setting boundaries if they don't have a good strategy to follow through. But in order to cover both sides of this equation, if boundaries are something you're struggling with, I recommend two episodes, number 287 and 288, Freeing Our Kids from Codependent Patterns, Part 1 and Part 2. In those episodes, I share how to set boundaries in a healthy way that serves our children in becoming independent or what we actually might call healthily interdependent in their relationships rather than perpetuating codependent patterns. Now, these are the patterns of interacting where we overparent or overfunction, which leads our children to underfunction. When we don't set a healthy boundary and follow through, we create a dynamic where we are then trying to minimize their big reactions, but it's often through tactics that are trying to fix and appease rather than teach and guide. So in these types of exchanges, our children don't learn how to deal with difficulty, how to work through it. We're not guiding them through it. We're trying to fix. So they miss this opportunity to become equipped and skilled at dealing with life when things don't go their way. So if this is a pattern you recognize or feel you might be engaging in, you definitely want to check out those two episodes. So the first tool I like parents to start with is called positive reinforcement. Now, for some parents, this feels a little frustrating because it doesn't give them a go-to when their child is misbehaving. What they're really looking for is what do I do when my child is misbehaving? So they feel like that while starting with focusing on positive behavior is nice, 
it can leave them feeling like they're only building half the bridge. And I do agree. But there's a really good reason we start here. Because we get more of what we focus on. If we start with focusing on fixing negative behaviors, guess what we actually get more of? It really actually backfires because we're so focused on fixing when things aren't going the way we like, we can end up in a spiral of negative behaviors. Resentments build, more negative behaviors, children aren't feeling heard, understood. So fixing negative behaviors should be the last resort. We start with positive behaviors. When we start with focusing on the positive, it lets our kids know what we like to see. And so we're reinforcing positive behaviors, which actually gets us more positive behaviors, which means, guess what? We get less negative behaviors, which means we have to correct those behaviors a lot less. Work on this for a couple of weeks. See how much it turns around in your house. In addition, it also builds internal motivation for good behavior, which means you will soon see your child engaging in behaviors without your even reminding or intervention. It builds self-esteem, it builds mutual respect, and therefore builds on the caregiver-child connection, which is actually in and of itself an extremely powerful tool when you ask your child to do something, ask your child to comply. When that connection is very strong, it creates more internal motivation for good behaviors. Positive reinforcement works like this. We're taking notice and encouraging our child when he exhibits good behaviors. It lets our child know, this is the behavior I like to see. So it increases that behavior and it works infinitely better than bringing attention to the negative behaviors or punishments. So let's say you're having a big problem in your house with your child running around wild. They're being too loud. They're jumping on the furniture inside the house. In most homes, it's very common for us to focus on the child when they're misbehaving. Stop being so loud. You're too loud. Stop jumping on the couch. The furniture isn't for climbing. Stop. No, no. Don't jump on the couch. Too loud, right? That's that's what the kids hear. You get tired of saying it. Your child gets tired of hearing it, but it doesn't give them any direction on what to do instead. It focuses on the negative behavior. So it doesn't help your child learn better ways or know what to do instead. They need our guidance to know what to do instead. This is where positive reinforcement comes in. Because then when our child is behaving as we like, they're sitting quietly reading, working on a project, building something with their blocks, going outside to be rambunctious when we don't say anything, we happily go about getting our things done. So instead, you wanna be very aware of every time your child is behaving in a way you would like. When he sits down to build something, when she sits down to read a book or do a puzzle or snuggle with a stuffed animal, when he chooses to color or paint or draw or design something, when they go outside to get their wiggles out, when they jump on their little trampoline to get their wiggles out rather than in the house. These are all times to notice and give attention to the behavior. Be very intentional with this for a minimum of two weeks. Now, of course, you want to continue after that, but you want to be extremely intentional for the first two weeks to start to bring into their awareness this behavior that you like to see. Now, there's one big caveat, and that is the way you give attention is also important. Praise sounds so nice, both in name and even when it's given. But research shows and psychologists from all areas of expertise agree to avoid praise and that you want to give encouragement instead. Praise is an expression of approval. Great job. I love how you did that. I'm so proud of you. Praise builds external motivation. 
it creates a need for positive feedback or a reward. In that case, it's the positive feedback. Encouragement is a way of inspiring internal motivation for positive behavior. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads, love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Now, encouragement requires a bit of a shift in mindset. We want to focus on invoking feelings of ownership and achievement, self-direction, and how to think or self-reflection rather than what to think, which is a judgment or approval from us. We want to focus on process and effort over outcome. It will sound like this. Instead of, that is so pretty, you might say, you used a lot of yellow. You might say, how do you feel you did cleaning up your room rather than your room looks great or your room looks messy. You might want to say you worked hard on building that city with your blocks and cars. You worked hard learning the new music. You studied really hard for that test. We're focusing on the process. We're invoking feelings of ownership. We're focusing on process and effort over outcome. We're focusing on how to think, not what to think. So there's a formula and it goes like this. You want to describe 
the positive behavior. You built a tower. You shared your snack. You studied every night this week. You used a lot of colors for the picture. Then describe the behavior using an adjective of a trait you want to instill in your child that matches the situation. Patient, kind, cooperative, responsible, independent, helpful, thoughtful. You get the idea. So when you put it together, it sounds like this. You shared with your sister. That was thoughtful. You studied every night. That was persevering. You figured out the answer all by yourself. That was tenacious. You got dressed all by yourself. That was independent. You listened the very first time. That was cooperative. Thank you for unloading the dishwasher. That was helpful. You put your face in the water even though you were scared. That was brave. Now, another tool I really like, especially as a first tool, is one, two, three magic. I normally recommend this tool as one of your earliest discipline tools when your toddler is just starting to engage in behaviors that you want to curb. And then phasing it out, starting around age three, having it phased out by three and a half, definitely by four. Now, the reason is that it's not really a positive discipline tool in true form. Now, the way I teach it, it does have some aspects, but it's really a choices-consequences combination, but with a heavy leaning on the consequence. But it works really well during these really young ages, and it's completely appropriate because it's often used in safety situations and when we really need compliance to move to that next part of the day, getting out the door, getting to bed. It's very effective when used properly, and I have the full class up on my YouTube channel for free, so you can go watch it there. I also covered the pitfalls that can render it ineffective. So if you need a really good first discipline tool, I would go to my YouTube, search my YouTube channel, Your Village, and then you will find the class on that channel. Now, if your child is over three and you haven't done much or learned much in the way of positive discipline, by all means, learn it and use it in the meantime when you need to as you build up your repertoire of skills. Now, with my kids, I phased it out pretty much by three and a half But even at four and sometimes even up to five, I would pull it out from time to time, maybe once a month when one was really pushing back and I was done with the noncompliance. And I would just say, I don't want to have to use this with you. We should be able to work this out without me needing to use one, two, three magic, but I will if I need to. Sometimes that would be enough and they'd stop arguing. And sometimes I would need to follow through with it. So three and a half is not a hard stop. But we do want to work more towards strategies that help our kids build critical thinking as far as making good behavior choices on their own. We want to give them that opportunity to make good choices on their own as they start to get a little bit older. And that's why we phase it out. Because as they're building more of these cognitive skills of critical thinking and problem solving, they can start to connect their choices with their consequences. Now, at two, They don't have much in the way of rational problem solving yet, but they do have a strong budding sense of independence. And so one, two, three magic really works with that stage of development really well. Okay, so the next tool I'd like to have parents work on is called positive directions. This is telling your kids what you want them to do rather than what not to do. It sounds like this. Please put your shoes in the closet instead of don't put your shoes there. Furniture is for sitting or please jump on the floor rather than stop jumping on the furniture. Please use a quiet voice instead of no yelling. Overall, you want to avoid using no, don't, and stop. This is 
especially important for kids three and under as they're still developing language skills. Positive directions are much easier for them to understand because it's very difficult for them to reverse language. So instead of hearing, don't jump on the couch, they may only be able to comprehend the jump on the couch piece. The whole no, don't, or stop part gets lost. It's really hard for them to take that and turn it 180 degrees in the other direction to mean I am not supposed to jump on the couch. I'm supposed to sit quietly on the couch. They don't know what to do with that. Then you have a kid who actually thinks they're doing what they've been told. So you end up with a frustrated parent and a frustrated child. You can see this in things like, don't put your shoes over there. Well, you can kind of see them thinking sometimes, like the little cogs in their head are working and they think they're listening when they hear the put your shoes over there piece. And so they'll put their shoes down and think they're doing the right thing, but they don't understand the don't. And so they're doing the complete opposite and not understanding that. This is also true for adults. There's actually research that shows that adults aren't very good at this either. We can turn around the no, don't, or stop. But if you tell adults, don't think of an elephant, we're going to think of an elephant. Don't look for the color blue. The first thing we're going to see is everything that's blue. It's hard for anyone to cognitively grasp the idea of not doing something. So we definitely want to try to use as much positive language as we can. If there's things that your child is doing consistently, you might want to sit down and just write out, how can I put this in a positive, how can I structure this sentence in a positive way to tell them what I want them to do and not what I don't want them to do so that the next time that's happening, you already have that in your vocabulary to go to, to tell them what you want them to do, how to direct them what to do rather than what not to do. So these are some great tools to get you started. I hope you find them really helpful. If you feel like your parenting approach is not quite where you'd like it, the classes Intro to Discipline, all the Discipline Tool Series, Toddlers, Preschoolers, Kids 5 to 10, Tweens and Teens cover all the basic knowledge tools and skills by age for taking a positive, conscious parenting approach. The same goes for all the other discipline classes, Power Struggles, Getting Kids to Listen, Misbehaviors and Solutions, Self-Esteem. 60 classes on demand at yourvillageonline.com. If you join the website, you also get access to all the classes on the app with your membership, the Parenting Beyond Discipline app on the Apple Store and Google Play Store. You can listen to those or watch them offline and have access to all the great content while driving, at your kid's soccer game, when you're traveling, wherever. Thanks for listening and see you next week.